Caleb Chandler, Devon Mortimer, and Kobe Baines. We will discuss all three on today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credentialed media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. Also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time, as always, to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. A lot of football talk on today's episode of the show. We will begin by discussing um, Louisville offensive lineman Caleb Chandler being named a preseason AP first team All-American. Uh, we will then transition into discussing what two uh, players in Devon Mortimer and Kobe Baines not being with the program this fall means for the Louisville team as a whole and for the position groups, respectively. So we will start out by talking about Caleb Chandler, one of the most important players on this Louisville Cardinals football team. Um, <clears throat> has gotten a lot of uh, high praise from services like Pro Football Focus, where he was, I think, named a preseason first-team All-American. But the preseason All-American teams came out for the Associated Press on Monday, and Louisville offensive lineman Caleb Chandler was listed in the first team. Um, he is the first um, preseason all first team or preseason first team All American um, named by the Associated Press since Jair Alexander back in 2017. So you can kind of see the uh, the the weight of this award uh, that it holds throughout. Um, <clears throat> and really, I think that this really doesn't come as a true surprise to myself, but it's still awesome to see Caleb Chandler getting um, the recognition he deserves. When you look at what he's been able to do over the past um, couple of seasons, since 2019, the Cardinals have played, uh, let's see, <clears throat> excuse me, the Cardinals have played 37 games. Now, remember, uh, 2020 had the COVID-shortened season, so only 11 games. In those 37 games, Caleb Chandler has started 37 games. Uh, sometimes the best ability is availability, especially for some of the best uh, players on the team. <clears throat> so uh, huge news there for Louisville is the fact that Caleb Chandler is going to play a huge role uh, this upcoming season. Now, yes, it is a very veteran-led group. There is a lot of players on this offensive line that have played a ton of snaps here at Louisville. Uh, they played multiple seasons. Um, they're pretty much returning four-fifths of their starting offensive line, and the other position that they're not returning, Cole Bentley, who graduated. Well, Brian Hudson is sliding into the center position where he had a lot of significant time. Um, at that position last season. So it's kind of like you're returning a starter uh, at the center position without returning a starter. But overall, um, <clears throat> this is just big news for the Cardinals. Uh, for a player that has 40 starts 
under his belt, um, was the first offensive lineman um, to earn first-team All-ACC honors for the Louisville Cardinals since I believe it was Makai Becton did so back in 2019. Um, last season, he was named a Pro Football Focus first-team All-American. The team averaged uh, about 213 yards on the ground. He was named the ACC Offensive Lineman of the Week after his performance versus Boston College in that victory over the Eagles last fall. Um, he's been a pivotal point, to, to say the least, for this offensive line. Look, I know that it's not um, as maybe focused on as the left tackle position is, which is pretty much the the most important position on, on the line and one of the most important positions in football, especially if you have a right-handed quarterback. Um, but... <clears throat> I will say that you cannot overlook the the significance of having a guy like Caleb Chandler on the interior because you look at what this offense wants to do. It wants to continue to get better, and one of the reasons it's been able to do so <coughs> excuse me. Um, one of the reasons that the offense has really just been able to get better is the continuity on offense and that veteran leadership on offense that they have. And having a guy like Caleb Chandler You'll come in and, um, you know, as a four-star prospect, not really play much his first year, uh, got three starts his second year, and then since 2019, he has started every single game on the offensive line. Having that continuity is big, but it's even bigger for this year's team. I I've mentioned a couple times when we've discussed Caleb Chandler on the Locked On Global podcast that I believe that there is a chance that Chandler could end up as a first-round pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Now, Obviously, being an older guy, I think he's uh, 24 or about to turn 24. <clears throat> you know that might work against him a little bit in terms of his age on draft day. Uh, but still, I think that if he's able to stay healthy this season, if he's able to uh, put forward a year to where he's you know staying the course and being um, you know that. A big force in the middle of that Louisville offensive line, and he plays over 75% of the games. I mean, I, I don't know why he couldn't be a first-team All-American at the end of the season and a first-round NFL draft pick. So um, <clears throat> that's something to look for um, in, in all reality because I, I do think that this is going to be one of the things that we talk about. Yeah, sure. Uh, a left guard is returning. But when you focus on how big of a leader he's been on that offensive line uh, for the past couple seasons, getting that continuity, um, having a player who has a lot of snaps under his belt, he's very battle-tested. <clears throat> it's going to help the little offense be proficient yet again. And, uh, you know, we heard from... I think it was Caleb Chandler in ACC Media Day, and it's something that I don't think a lot of people really understand is that sometimes it's hard for offensive linemen to block for a uh, dual-threat quarterback because you never really know if they're going to tuck and run or throw on the run, so you have to be very disciplined, especially when it comes to like uh, holding and stuff like that. It's easy to kind of get caught um, holding a player downfield when you don't realize that um, you know your quarterback is about to run and having that continuity on the offensive line for Malik Cunningham in his final season, that's something that kind of gets lost in the sauce here is yes, it's great to have your offensive line return of a lot of players regardless because you know you, you have the continuity. You have um, you know a solid group that's going to help protect not only your quarterback but the uh, ball carriers as well in the backfield. But you can take it a little bit of a step more and realize that, hey, look, <clears throat> you 
you have a mobile quarterback, one of the best dual threat quarterbacks, not only in the conference, but also in the entire country. Um, yes, he maybe wants to be a little bit better of a pocket passer this year. Who knows what we will see in terms of tendencies for Malik Cunningham, even if he's looking to become a better pocket passer. I still think he's going to utilize his legs because that's a big strength of his is being able to create something seemingly out of nothing. So, um, <clears throat> yes, uh, to wrap things up, yes, it's important to have a good amount of your offensive line back. It's even more important to have it when you have a mobile dual threat quarterback because you're playing with guys that are familiar with the playing style. You know some of Malik Cunningham's tendencies. You know how <clears throat> he's going to operate in read option situations, so on and so forth. So I know that this was kind of talked about in terms of the collective offensive line and not so much Caleb Chandler, but it, it he plays a big part in this offensive line and he is a leader on this team. He's a leader on the offensive line. You know, he joked at ACC media day about how guys, you know, um, call him the older guy. I forget the, the term uh, that they use to uh, describe him or the nickname that they, that they gave him uh, due to you know him being older than pretty much everyone on the line. But um, <clears throat> it kind of goes to show you that, even though there's a lot of returning guys, that Caleb Chandler is kind of the leader on this offensive line, and having that um, in the middle of the offensive line um, is an asset for your offense on all ends of the spectrum. You know, from the running offense to protecting Malik Cunningham to being on the right track and staying on the same page as an offensive line in terms of communication as well. Um, <clears throat> It's a big key, and um, for being the first um, preseason AP first-team All-American since Jair Alexander back in 2017, look, there's been a lot of solid players to come out of this program since then. Um, th this is big news, and I think that it, it captures just how um, just how incredibly special it is that Louisville gets another season with Caleb Chandler on the offensive line. So that's uh, something to focus on as we move forward, and that's something that we can't overlook when it comes to the success that Louisville's offense is likely going to have is the continuity on that offensive line. And it starts with a Caleb Chandler. So, <clears throat> But as much as we like to talk about the returning players, unfortunately for the remainder of the show, we are going to talk about the impacts uh, the respective impacts of players that will not be on the team this fall. We'll begin with discussing former four-star receiver Devon Mortimer um, and, and what his uh, absence means for the Louisville wide receiving group moving forward. We will do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, golf, and esports. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. Bet Online, where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the 
biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Cardinal fans. Thanks again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen every day. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So moving right along, talking about the first of two players that it was recently announced that they would not be on the team next or next season. This upcoming season, we begin by talking about 2022 signee Devon Mortimer, the four-star wide receiver out of the Fort Lauderdale area down in South Florida. Um, hadn't made it to campus yet. Uh, it seemed like there was a lot of um, silence surrounding his status um, over the past couple months as seemingly thing uh, he um, – Seemingly, Devon Mortimer was figuring some things out off the field. I'm not going to fuel into speculation or talk about any of the specifics that people um, have been discussing on social media and things of that nature. Uh, the only thing there is to say now is that Devon Mortimer will not be on the team this fall. Uh, regardless of where he ends up, we wish him the best of luck um, in his next uh, program, um, whatever team that he plays with. Um, moving forward, we wish him the best of luck. But in terms of the Louisville offense, not only this season, but the years to come, immediately speaking, um, the good news for the Cardinals, if you're able to find a small positive in this news for Louisville, it's really just kind of focusing on what you have in the group now. There are players that Devon Mortimer um, is similar to in terms of his playing style. You know, a smaller receiver listed at 5'9", a very explosive athlete, quick with the ball in his hands. Um, you have guys like Amari Huggins-Bruce, um, Braden Smith, Josh Johnson that can fill that role that Devon Mortimer would likely be put into here at Louisville. Um, the issue with, with the Cardinals' offense right now is, is the fact that this position only has about eight scholarship receivers. Josh Johnson, Braden Smith, Tyler Hudson, D. Wiggins, Amari Huggins, Bruce, Chris Bell, and Chance Morrow. Um, that's actually seven, not eight. Uh, so seven receivers now. And, and um, I know that you know maybe Jalen Carter gets put on scholarship, uh, the former Eastern Kentucky transfer. But this kind of leads you to now think, okay, you didn't have depth in the first place. Now you truly don't have depth uh, with only seven players. You have the guys that can step into the mix and you know, uh, record some solid production. I mean, the, the two transfers coming in, T, uh, T, uh, D. Wiggins and Tyler Hudson, have been uh, apparently pretty solid in, in fall season camp. Um and they're going to be playing big roles. Braden Smith is is healthy now and apparently looks pretty solid, according to strength and conditioning coach Ben Souders. Um, and then you have two freshmen that are looking solid as well, and Chris Bell and Chance Morrow. Chris Bell was the player that I looked at on the offense and thought, you know, this is going to be the true freshman that is going to make the biggest impact. So, you know, you have 
those two guys, and then you have a veteran like Josh Johnson, who, if he can stay healthy, is a guy that has shown that you know he can be a, a solid contributor in this offense. And then Amari Huggins-Bruce is likely going to be one of the top two uh, receivers on this team. Uh, very, very explosive. Uh, as I mentioned, kind of a T.Y. Hilton comparison. Once he touches the ball, you get him the ball in space. It's it's tough to bring him down. Scott Satterfield all last year in his press conferences made it a point of emphasis to say that, look, you know, we're going to try to get Amari Huggins-Bruce the ball out in space. So that's something to focus on here when you you move forward with this with this offense and how they're going to operate the season. Um even if Devon Mortimer were to uh, join the the team this fall, it was likely that he was going to start out by being a depth piece and um, kind of um, injury insurance. Um, but needless to say, the health of the wide receiving committee is of the utmost importance because all it takes is one to two guys maybe to go down, and you're looking at things really challenging. You know, Braden Smith went down last season, and um, you know they were able to kind of plug Amari Huggins-Bruce into that mix, but they lost a uh, a huge component uh, of the offense. So that's something that you have to look forward to moving um, you know, towards the season is that, yeah, Devon Mortimer, maybe it w- he was going to start out on the bench this season, maybe only playing in special teams, but still it, it was a very talented player um, that they added to the mix and uh, a surprising um, signing day flip from Florida State last year. So it's a huge loss no matter how you look at it. Uh, moving forward, spanning beyond this season, um, you know, you could be losing. <clears throat> yeah, I think you're losing Josh Johnson. Braden Smith likely is gone to the NFL. You know, same with Tyler Hudson and D. Wiggins. I mean, look at things there. I mean, of the seven, you know, next season you could be left with Amari Huggins, Bruce, Chris Bell, and Chance Morrow as your returning guys. And that's I mean, that's not ideal. Obviously, you have some very high highly rated guys coming in like DeAndre Moore Jr., who's a top one hundred player, William Fowles, four star out of the Miami area. Um, Jalil McLean, who can play either wide receiver or defensive back, um, a four-star prospect out of St. John Bosco that already has the chemistry with um, future Louisville Cardinal um, Pierce Clarkson. Um, there has been talks of you know maybe adding like Deuce Robinson, who is the number one tight end who would be used as a wide receiver. And that's another point of emphasis that could be made this year is that Marshawn Ford could also be used out wide. You know, an H back H back that. You know, can be used as a fullback, tight end, wide receiver. Last year, they tried to get him the ball more, you know, out in space, out um, by the sidelines. So that's maybe an uh, an interesting um, point of, point of emphasis that could be made that they look to maybe put Marshawn Ford out wide if they need to. Um, after seeing what Florida was able to do with Kyle Pitts, um, so you, but back to the recruiting aspect of things, it, it means probably that you're going to see Scott Satterfield and company add, you know, maybe one to two more receivers into the mix, look to go maybe the grad transfer route or the transfer portal route like they did with Tyler Hudson and D Wiggins, uh, maybe a guy with, um, extra eligibility that you could see, you know, come into the mix and, and, and maybe play a couple seasons for the Cardinals. Um, but that's, that's an interesting conversation to have. Um, but that's why having guys like DeAndre Moore Jr., William Fowles, um, and also, um, you know, Jalen McClain, three highly rated recruits 
in the mix already. You know, you have that opportunity to pitch early playing time next season, and it'll be interesting to see if Deuce Robinson um, is added to the mix as well, and that would definitely go a long way with alleviating some of those concerns for the position group next season. So, um, so we're going to now transition over into discussing what the other loss to the program will mean for the um, for the respective position group. Offensive line, uh, offensive lineman um, tackle Kobe Baines entered the transfer portal um, within the past week. He has found a landing spot at Kansas where he will play for the Jayhawks. Um, we'll talk about the what that means for the offensive line moving forward um, here in just a second. Um, as always, I do want to take this time to say thank you all for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week. Your team every day. Kobe Baines was a member of the 2020 class, ranked just inside of the top 1,000, uh, ranked as the 974th best player in the class. Um, uh, six foot four, uh, native of Jacksonville, Florida, had offers from Miami, South Carolina, Appalachian State, Arkansas, uh, going down the list, uh, Florida State, so on and so forth, Michigan, Mississippi. So, an underrated prospect, seemingly judging by his offer list, um, Kobe Baines was just never able to crack into the two deep. I'm not sure that he ever played a true snap uh, with the Cardinals. If he did, it was this past season, but it doesn't say so on GoCards.com. Um, was a mid-year enrollee, um, an offensive guard that was kind of transitioned over into the tackle position, I believe. Um, but regardless, we wish Kobe the best of luck. And, um, you know, it, it, that that's one of the uh, other aspects of this that doesn't get talked about is when you do have a lot of guys returning on that offensive line and you continue to add other talented prospects into the bunch, you know, you're, you're going to have a limited amount of playing time available and some players are going to look to transfer out. Uh, Tim Lawson um, – I believe uh, he was a player that opted to transfer at the end of uh, this past season. Um, trying to find where he ended up at. Can't find it at the moment. Um, but regardless, Tim Lawson was the first um, offensive lineman to enter the portal. Uh, Kobe Baines uh, is following behind him. Um, this season, obviously, it doesn't mean a ton truly because it seems like we had the two deep kind of put into place. Um, you know, you had your starters on the offensive line. Um, you know, Trevor Reed uh, and or Michael Gonzalez, Trevor Reed or Michael Gonzalez, uh, Caleb Chandler, Brian Hudson, Adonis Boone, Renato Brown, and then behind him them you had you know one of trevor reed or michael gonzalez um you had uh, austin collins a highly rated guy out of high school you had um, a player like um, luke kandra who also slid into the mix i'm not sure if kobe baines had cracked that too deep um at the time i'm looking at that currently on that depth chart um, that was released back in late july so Kobe Baines was listed as the backup 
to Renato Brown at the right tackle position. Um, Josh Black w- was another um, you know backup at the right guard position. So Baines was being um, transformed into a tackle. Renato Brown, a redshirt sophomore, is listed as the starter at right tackle. So um, you do have the um, you do have the conversation needs to be had of adding another player into that mix at right tackle to replace him in the two deep. Um, seemingly, there are a lot of talented guys uh, on this team that are extremely young. You know, Aaron Gunn, uh, Max Cabana, Isaiah Reed, Sam Seacrest. Uh, I think it's Maquette, either Gway or Gay is how it's pronounced. Um, I've heard it pronounced a couple of different ways. I, I do apologize if I am um, butchering that pronunciation. Um, but regardless, this offensive line does have solid numbers. Um, they have options to play at the line. There were about seven to eight guys that uh, new offensive line coach Nick Cardwell felt comfortable with. Um, so obviously injuries to that position could prove to be interesting if it's a guy like uh, Renato Brown that goes down at the right tackle position with Baines being uh, the right tackle. Um, but wish him the best of luck. At, at this point, we're looking at you know um, most of the depth being filled. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who rises into the mix to replace Baines. Uh, but moving forward from a recruiting standpoint, um, you know you have uh, a handful of players committed already um, for the Flyville 23 class. Some highly rated offensive linemen. You have in, interior offensive lineman Madden Sanker. You have uh, offensive uh, interior or interior offensive lineman uh, Jordan Church, and then you have offensive tackle Luke Burgess, who who could slide into the mix over at that other tackle position. Um, kind of depending on what happens and who leaves, you're going to have some guys like Caleb Chandler, uh, possibly Brian Hudson to the NFL, some other guys that are going to graduate and and try you know the NFL route as well. So there's going to be some starting spots open next year. Um, this probably means, you know, the loss of Kobe Baines means that we could see Scott Satterfield and company, you know, seemingly going after, you know, a handful of more offensive linemen. I know that they were going after some more already. So maybe they look to the transfer portal to get, um, you know, a uh, immediately ready uh, battle tested offensive lineman. Um, Maybe they look to put Michael Gonzalez on the interior or move him to the uh, right tackle position. Maybe he's the replacement for Caleb Chandler on the interior. Maybe Madden Sanker rises right into the starting lineup as a freshman on the interior. There's a lot of different conversations that need to be had. Um, But uh, with the loss of Kobe Baines, it it wouldn't surprise me if if the staff looks to add one more offensive lineman um, that, you know, one more than they already previously were um, at the end of this uh, season, whether that be in the transfer portal or in the 2023 class. So we discussed um, Caleb Chandler, Devon Mortimer, Kobe Baines. Um, Tomorrow's episode will be dedicated to Lamar Jackson. Um, And I'm excited to have a special guest on the show to discuss Lamar Jackson's season and contract status. Um, but before we get out of here, I want to give a shout out to the locked on ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. No better way to find your overall conference news than that show. Um, you can find both locked on Louisville and locked on ACC five days a week, your team every day on YouTube or whatever streaming service you use, but that's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. We will see you right back here tomorrow.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.